0: Welcome to Night Cheese. This is Steven. And I'm Tim. And I'm Jared.
1: I appreciate you guys joining us. I think this is the first time we've talked since Father's Day, I think. Uh, Life has been a little little hectic for everybody. Um, I think I'm bearing the bulk of our delays right now. Uh, Our family is in the midst of packing up and uh, and moving to L.A. So uh, I think the next... L the the first LA night cheese maybe we should be doing those all those nighttime LA movies Jared what, what do you think nice, <laughs> nice. Um, yeah i will be in the in the area that's a whole That'll nother story awesome. Probably a completely different podcast, to be honest, uh, around all of that. But anyway, that's, uh, that's why we've been gone for a while. So sorry about that, everybody. But we're back, and we're going to be discussing the uh, new-ish, I guess you could still call it new, uh, film uh, that can be found on Amazon Prime starring Chris Pratt called The Tomorrow War. Uh, that's uh, it's available right now to watch on Prime. And uh, to be honest, uh, with it being a direct-to-streaming thing and in the interest of just trying to get back in the habit of doing our... Our show. Uh, I'm not really going to do a whole lot of background
0: talk on this tonight.
1: I think we just want to dive in.
0: We're going to drop in like someone just teleported you into the future and <laughs> dropped you 500 feet above Miami and just hope with you no, land in a rooftop with pool, No so. training
1: whatsoever <laughs> and no context and background. Mm. Uh, literally just dropping you like right into the middle of an episode. <laughs> that's, uh, that's what we'll be doing tonight. It's on theme. So uh, we want to welcome you to this week's episode that I uh, begged the guys to let me title Star-Lord Troopers. So, uh... Let's let's go. Let's uh, let's go with Tomorrow War. So uh, I'm going to stall here for a second because I've watched it probably not long after our last recording. And so it's been a probably a couple of weeks now since I've seen it. So I have to jog my memory. So I'm going to yeah. defer to one of you, uh, Jared. I think I think I'm going to let you start us <laughs> off here and I'll try to find little gaps in time, both pun intended and not intended. Well,
0: to, uh, help. Yeah. I I had to, I I took like five to 10 minutes to try to jot down some, some notes right before we started. And one of the ones I wrote was good hyphen, enjoyable, forgettable, but enjoyable. And so I think we're all kind of (laughs) suffering from the same thing. It's like, this is not, you know, it's not like a super, it's not exactly going to imprint into your brain, um, forever. Uh, it's, again I think an enjoyable movie and and a lot of you know I think uh my view of this movie comes from how we started out with seeing reviews for this and we we talked about it a little bit online of like IGN gave it a three and I think Rotten Tomatoes was hammering it pretty hard and so it was a little bit of this fascination of is this as bad as people are saying or is this sort of some backlash against Chris Pratt, which is a uh, sort of popular these days. And I guess just to start with my overall take is that it, it did seem like sort of just being unfairly critical of, of something that Chris Pratt was tied to. Now in a vacuum, this movie might deserve a three, maybe not a three, but it, it might deserve a lower score. But when you're given stuff like, fast and furious nine a seven (laughs) or Zack snyder's army of the dead or a five or a six you can't then with a straight face score this movie a three i enjoyed it more than either of those um Mm. so that that was my overall takeaway from it is that it was it was enjoyable um yeah it's stupid it's stupid from the first scene um (laughs) But that's not, you know, I mean, that that's just action movies for the most part.
2: Uh, So,
1: well, and I'd like to Tim, you want to come in before I before I uh, start weighing on my opinion?
2: Oh, sure. Yeah, I I had very, very similar feelings. I I did kind of maybe expect less of it because of those really particularly bad reviews. Um, but I, you know, looking at Rotten, I was just telling Steven earlier. Looking at Rotten Tomatoes, like right now, it's kind of at like fifty four percent, and that feels about right. Like it, mm-hmm. there, it feels. I it's, it's, watching it. I was like, uh, confounded at times because there were some moments that were really interesting and some moments that were just ridiculous and silly. And sometimes in the same scene, even you know, there would be like, yeah something ridiculous, but then a clever line or really, you know, something dialogue wise, that really worked or vice versa. It didn't work, but the scene. So anyways, there was just a lot of that where in one scene, I'm like, man, that was not good, but that was interesting. You know, there was an interesting aspect of it too. So I've, I kind of felt very middle. Yeah. Middle of the road. It wasn't, yeah, just like Jared said, enjoyable, but also very forgettable and silly at times, but there was some intriguing aspects, you know, some interesting parts too. So yeah.
1: Yeah. It's like, um, yeah it, it, it's it's almost as if remember in remember an end at the end in the big battle when they were like sort of playing the uh, oh gosh, what's it, what's it called uh Jared, like that last play in a football game when they're constantly having a lateral back and forth, you know, there's to- tossing <laughs> right. the gauntlet around. well it's it's almost as if like, hey, you know, uh spider-man had the gauntlet for a while and black panther had the gauntlet for a while and and what if like howard the duck had it for a minute or yeah, something? right you know like it's, it's it feels like this movie tossed hands between a lot of writers and some of them really had a good idea going and then it just got handed <laughs> off to somebody yeah. who was like hey mm-hmm. this will be cool and it's not <laughs> right um because it had enough, and and I think you know you mentioned blockbusters, Jared, and so this I can't help but mention that. So I saw this now that my my memory's starting to catch up with me. It was it was a pretty big whirlwind of a time for me when I saw this because uh, I recently lost my grandfather, and he lives in Georgia, and we had to go. Uh, I had to travel uh, suddenly, incidentally, after coming back from Georgia, turn around and go back mm. uh, to do the funeral. And I remember I was on the way down when you told me about those IGN reviews, I'd stopped for gas somewhere in the middle of South Carolina. And I was like, Oh no, this is, <laughs> I going to wrap my head around it. Like, Cause I was already kind of looking forward to watching this to sort of kind of clear my head of, you know, all the emotion of the weekend and stuff. And so I'd spent an extra day down there. And so I spent the 4th of July with my, my in-laws and I was thinking to myself, surely I can find like independence day or Top Gun or Conair or something on TV, you know, get that real, you know, America, Type blockbuster, you know, just turn your brain off, enjoy special effects, all that kind of stuff. And ironically, I found the only two good quality films I found were British. Um, there was a Harry Potter marathon on and Paddington, I think, which, which I, for what it's worth, everybody, I love both of those franchises a lot, but not what you want to watch on America's birthday. So. Anyway, um, so I passed on those and we came back the next day and, and it was the night of July 5th that I, I think it was the 5th, maybe the 6th, when uh, I watched it with uh, with a couple of my kids and, and, and my wife. And uh, and then I'm watching it I was like, you know what, this is the perfect time of year to watch a movie like this. Like yeah. a, a flawed, entertaining film because like the stuff that it does well will carry you through some of the bad things parts of it and you know i don't know if it's you know just the white guilt of america's birthday or something but you're a lot more forgiving with bad films um in it uh, around the 4th of july i think
0: well i mean uh, it's a time it's a time where you know it's marked by like pretty lights go boom in the sky so yeah. you know i maybe, mean maybe you're that's, a fire that's per- your bar for entertainment and so if you just add yeah. in a little bit of story you're like oh this is yeah. <laughs> you know?
2: and
1: so yeah so you know pratt is a good good leading man um you know i enjoy him you know as as, you know he's come a long way since doing like parks and rec and stuff like that and um he's i don't know this is an interesting movie and it's kind of hard to make it is hard to make sense of you know there's it's called the tomorrow war because these people are sent into the future to fight an enemy to save the present i guess um see even in complete trying to say a complete sentence about this movie almost forces you to end in the question mark intonation right cuz you can't really totally be sure of of everything that's going on but um yeah th- there's a lot of there's a lot of weird things like i'm just trying to reread the plot here like y- him being so, so you know he's former military so at least that gives Chris Pat, Pratt the excuse to not look like a total idiot when he's holding a gun and stuff like he he can still quote unquote naturally look like a tough guy when he's fighting the aliens because he's got a military background but something I never understand, I didn't quite understand and, and maybe you guys caught it is um, so they are holding like an interdimensional, military draft basically Mm -hmm. where they uh they they draft people to come uh and and fight for like a week or something and if they and if they die or survive they pay them handsomely or they're surviving members of the family and stuff but um they give them like like a like a pyramid scheme like insurance salesmen's worth of day two or three (laughs) days worth of training before throwing them into open conflict, uh, armed conflict, which is just like, how do you expect to even gain any ground in this at all? Um, which was, that was kind of mind numbing to me, but also kind of, kind of so stupid that it turned back around and made it more entertaining because, you know, they, um, there's a you know, a couple of characters in the movie that are his sort of contemporaries. Um, I, I cannot remember. Um, exactly the character's names because I wasn't that invested, but basically his <laughs> his his sort of token black best friend of the movie, um, is very very funny. Like he was like kind of the one openly being like, I have no idea what's going on here, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. just being like, this was not a good idea. Sam Richardson, I think, was the the actor, um, played uh, Charlie, a, a draftee with a PhD in Earth and Atmospheric Sciences. So, and he's he's drafted, and, you know, so like. You know, in in one sense, you have that sort of like, I'm going to use this so loosely, but this sort of saving Private Ryan element of these are all ordinary people who are thrown into war, except when you're watching Save It Private Ryan, they've all been through like basic training and stuff. So like they all know how to act like soldiers. It's just that they're still grappling with trying to hold on to their humanity
0: and they this changed they funny. changed out of their they changed out of their business suits and chef's hats prior to going <laughs> to the battlefield
1: i know yeah. it looked like a fort it looked like a live action Fortnite or something like it yes. was really, really <laughs> weird and maybe that's what they were going for i don't know now i'll say this too like that we might have a really concentrated episode here tonight but um I, won, I will say some things I did enjoy. It was kind of like it, it's like the trailer for a better movie or something. They introduce a lot of and I was thinking about this and Tim I might have even talked about this to, to you offline is that any good or good-ish time travel movie will introduce a new idea about time travel that maybe didn't come before it or um as long as it plays by those rules, you know. It's 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 good for me. Like I really enjoy time travel movies for for my lifetime going all the way back to Back to the Future which I, when I was like a, a toddler when that came out but um, since then I, I've really enjoyed a good time travel film regardless of how good or bad it is and we've already mentioned Avengers Endgame earlier tonight you know did some things with time travel that were really interesting as well um, while still trying to avoid those tropes of things and in this one I did find some interesting ideas they were trying to put forth one was that Um, all of the trainers for the army seemed really underprepared in a sense. And it was kind of revealed it's, you know, because they're all so ridiculously young. um, And that's because there's this idea in this universe of a film that nobody can be present in a timeline where they themselves would normally still be alive. So like all of the army, all of the future trainers are people who have not been born yet and and are present and all the people who are drafted into the future are already dead uh, in the place that they're fighting so you never end up so you would never end up with this Back to the Future 2 Marnie McFly's in two places Mm -hmm. at the same time kind of thing Um, which I, I thought was interesting as an idea but I don't feel like they ever really went so much anywhere with it. Like, um, like it's almost like, I felt like that was almost too, too fun of an idea for it to just be exposition. You know? Um, I would have liked to seen like what would happen if that rule was broken or is it just one of those things Is just impossible, like someone just wouldn't be able to make the jump, like the universe wouldn't allow them to do that or something? I don't know. So I, I'd be interested. I, I really love the notion of it, um, but I kind of wanted to see what would happen if it got tested.
0: Yeah, it never really made it – I mean – it, it, it's a long list of things in this movie that never really makes sense. Um, so I got to be careful how how far I want to go down that road. But um, yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't make sense that because I mean, you know, we've seen all the time travel movies, and you know, most recently, Endgame was the big one with its theory of what you can or or can't do. Um, but it, it, it feels like with this movie. Even though it may have a somewhat different take on it, it's still almost kind of playing by those in-game rules in in reality where it's like, well, we don't want to take people who are going to be alive in the future to the future because it would disrupt the timeline. But I mean, but you're taking people who die by natural circumstances in the future Um, or, or whatever. And then you're transporting them. So, I mean, obviously you're, you're altering it that way anyway. So, I mean, I think it just goes back to the idea that it's now going to be, since you've messed with the past, you've created a new timeline. Like this timeline that you're messing with won't eventually merge into that future one. Um, and another thing I didn't understand is why Why are we doing this in the first place? Like, did they did they threaten to nuke us if we didn't send people? Because otherwise, like, it doesn't really seem like a very at least American, if not human thing to be like, oh, gosh, man, that sucks that you're getting overrun by aliens. We're probably just going to try to take care of it now. <laughs> um in the past as opposed to send our people to die in a war that you're clearly have almost lost in the future so i never really understood yeah why why we got on board with like oh yeah sure we'll send all these people yeah,
1: yeah. why would you start the game in the fourth quarter when you're already down by three touchdowns mm-hmm. right like, right yeah if you already know that's how it's going to go yeah yeah that's um, where
2: and I know this will get into spoiler territory, but that's kind of where the, th- the third act for me kind of broke down a little bit in the sense of people were figuring things out in casual conversation that like, mm-hmm. hey, if you just had a bunch of like science, you know, just people that are educated in their fields that like actually talk about this, maybe they could have come up with all this before sending, you know, so many people to, to be killed It felt like, yeah, this is if you just stop and pause for a minute instead of immediately acting since you do have time, you know, you've got several, you know, decades before this happens. I don't know. Yeah. It felt, it felt, yeah. Why don't we, let's, let's work through this. Let's workshop this. <laughs> or it like, if you don't
0: want to take the time to go to scientists or don't have any available, maybe you could just like chat up a kid in your middle school science class and
2: he'll give you the answer <laughs> to it. <all>. Who
1: has, <laughs> who has a real thing for volcanoes. <laughs> Can I tell you, yes. it's so
2: funny when that just like brief aside came up at the beginning, it was like one of those markers where you knew yeah, that's going to come back at some point later because it was just why else would you even bring it up it's silly you know so you know okay there's going to be something having to do with that later on okay here we go speaking,
1: <laughs> speaking of why would you bring that up if not to follow through with it again one of the happiest things that one of the happiest experiences I had in this movie was seeing them deliver where Zack Snyder's army of the dead failed. And I saw an alien get killed with a circular saw, which there was no, which there was no setup for Mm -hmm. whatsoever. And, and, and it didn't even get a whole, you know, Zack Snyder trademarked, um, cover band montage, uh, unearthing scene of we're going to yeah. do some damage tonight, baby. Mm-hmm. Um, no, no, just, <laughs> just last minute desperation. Let's kill an oh, alien with wow. a salt. So, I was So when I saw that, I, I might have cheered or laughed out loud and then realized like I couldn't explain the context to anybody in the room because I watched army of the dead alone. I think I texted Jared immediately and I was like, yeah, I'm not even done with the movie, but I have to say this now. Like it was, uh,
0: yeah, it was something else. And, and I had, like, so just wiped Army of the Dead out of my brain. When you said that at first, I'm like, what? What? Oh, yeah. I, it took me a second for it to click because I had just completely deleted that file from, from my head.
1: Mm. Yeah. Sorry to bring that one back, but it's uh, <laughs> still hanging around That's in the great. recycle bin. Um, yeah, so, you know, I um, – so – I'll say this: uh, You know, film's not perfect. Obviously, there are things that it could improve on as a movie. But since we're talking about Army of the Dead again, one of the main emotional cores of this movie is a uh, disrupted relationship between a father and a daughter. Um, the, you know, in Army of the Dead, it was Batista and his brat of a daughter. Um, I, I don't even remember her oh, her character name or the actress's name nothing personal to Zoe, that.
0: maybe maybe it sounds uh-huh. like it
1: might be. but um nothing personal to the actress but the, the the writing and the the it was just well go back and listen to our episode if you want to hear about that it was it was a whole bunch of nonsense of course you know he has a uh chris pratt's character's daughter is what like maybe middle school age or even younger than that is she when he when the movie starts but oh. they um Go to the future, and then he discovers almost kind of like an interstellar sort of way that his daughter has now become the intellectual figurehead for research or whatever and trying to figure out <clears throat> how to how to win the war. And so it's um, I, I don't know. you know, we have talked sometimes about how um, I don't know, I've complained about it in the past, how movies, can get a little over explaining with how things are going and like, maybe just let something breathe for a second. But I feel like one thing this movie could have done better is actually just take an extra step to explain something Mm -hmm. or try to make something make sense. And, um, we come to find out that she is super resentful of him right up until the point that he died. And, and he obviously doesn't understand it. And she explains to him that, that he ends up leaving and abandoning his family and stuff. And there's just no explanation as to why he would do that. Yeah. Um, and it's not, there's no real, there's no real clues to that in his character. And the only thing I can think of, and it was a, it, it was a bit of a reach
2: mm-hmm.
1: for me to get there. And I'm wondering if this is what they were intending and wish they could do it is there are a few, again, really, uh, half baked, scenes between he and his father played by almost oh, said jay jonah jameson jk simmons <laughs> yeah who like if they could have gotten some extra time together just mm-hmm. to flesh out those scenes i think that could have been fantastic yes. but it's clear that his father was a pst p ptsd ridden vietnam War vet and like they allude to that a little bit in their conversation and Pratt just which i find a little Strange and a little disturbing that he's not more sympathetic to that to his father, since he himself is already either an Afghanistan or Iraq war veteran himself. Um, and I mean, I, I get there's there's complicated emotions there with having to deal with you know maybe forgiving your father um, if he wasn't there for you you know, in your earlier years. But the only thing I could think of is that he ended up following in his dad's footsteps in a weird way. Like when he came back from his tour of the war, he was changed and could never really get, get a hold back on reality. And that ended up with him, leaving his family. Of course, they don't come close to even saying that's what happens. Yeah. So unless I, I unless I missed it. I
0: mean, so I, I might be I might be able to shed they they don't go deep into it, but this was this is actually something I was going to talk about and something that I actually really liked about the movie, even though they don't they, they just kind of touch on it. So like at the beginning of the film, I can't remember exactly how, like if it's even maybe the first scene or it, it's really early on where he's trying to get a job. Like he's come home from the war and he's on the phone out in the driveway. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and he thinks he might get this job and they, they turn him down and he like kicks the trash can over and, and this, that and the other. Um, and so then his daughter says, and, and, and then there's just like some very subtle stuff with him, like, you know, interacting with the wife and the daughter and, and looking a little bit disengaged or whatever. And then the, the older future version of the daughter says something to the effect that it never seemed like he was really happy with his life. Um, and I actually ended up really, even though it was just super brief and super subtle, and I wish we actually got like a, a much bigger story about that. I actually liked that a lot because, you know, he had been so, I mean, understandably, um angry towards his dad for, you know, leaving them or whatever, but he, he could have never fathomed doing something in in a different sort of way where he didn't exactly leave them, but just, he, you know, he, he wasn't there, he and the wife got divorced and then, you know, slowly, it wasn't like a clean break as much as like, he slowly kind of drifted away because he wasn't really happy with his life. And I really did like that. um, Because I, I mean, I think. Just anything that I feel like I can relate to in some way in terms of um, a very general way of like, you know, thinking of myself from, you know, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, whatever of things I used to think of like, oh, I would never do this or I would never think this or whatever. Mm. And you and you don't really have an appreciation for it until life kind of takes you through the paces and 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 even then you may not you may not really realize what's happened or you may think oh well my situation's completely different or whatever um but i did like i said i wish we had gotten a ton more stuff on it um but but i did really like that a lot yeah.
2: well that yeah. totally man that I, I love your comments on that because i would say one of my, my not my least favorite, but one thing that i felt was more half-baked was the interpersonal sort of stuff between the father and the daughter but here, and, I, and I'm with you, I think I do wish there was more more there, more time spent on it, but I do, man, I, I really that's what you said, I really turned me around on that, I, I really like that a lot now, like that that's a really good point, and it kind of makes it, man I don't know, I really enjoy that, it makes me wish, I wish there was a better ending than just him narrating how we lived happily ever after, forever yeah. you know, like, Yeah. Ah. Well, we'll get that sequel <laughs>
1: yeah, <exactly. laughs> right, yeah, because we're not done with this already apparently, um <laughs> The um, but, but you know, I'll say this too, is that, um something I didn't fully understand, or I guess I just didn't appreciate um in the very beginning. I want to credit my wife for this as well, is that I thought it was a little silly that he was so, I mean, not that he was upset at all. I understand that, but that he seemed so beat up about um well obviously it, you guys listen to our show we we were spoiler alerts all day long but um that his that he loses his adult daughter in a fight and 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 in an action sequence just before he's sucked back into the present and i'm like i get that that's a sad experience but it's not like he's not about to go see her again as a child so like you know for his part he hasn't lost a whole lot um, but at the same time, my wife pointed out too, though, like, you know, he forged a really, he, you know, got to forge a relationship with his daughter almost as a peer, you know, and like, um, I, you know, none of us really, um, had ample opportunity to develop peer adult relationships with our fathers. Um, and and haven't yet with our children because they're all still children, but um, you know that is you know I, I got I got like maybe just a taste of it, um, and it is just a different experience yeah. than the parental child relationship, and there is there is a whole different value there, and I think him getting to kind of share like because because you could tell one thing that I think they did well is that, you know, he was, he was very invested in her as a child at the beginning. Like he was eager to see her grow and flourish and he could see all the gifts that she had. And he was like her biggest fan and her biggest supporter, um, to kind of realize her potential and her destiny or whatever. And for him to get to like live out, get, get sort of the gift uh, under duress, granted under alien attack, but, um, to get to live out and experience um, her in that context, which he wouldn't have gotten to based on how this timeline was working out, at least at that point, um, was probably a real gift to him. And so to lose her when she was the one, you know, when she's the one at least intellectually who solves the problem um, or comes up with the solution and stuff like is, is, is a real, uh, bittersweet not sweet it's just a real bitter uh, departure there in the end and so I, I didn't really catch that immediately at first but um, but there is a distinction there in that he has a relationship to mourn there and I guess maybe that is in losing her in that way is probably helps the catalyst of him realizing that he doesn't want to let that go and ruin it when he goes back you know
0: yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, think, um, for me, yeah, it, it, it was, it was sort of a, um, oh, what's the, uh, what, a sort of like a ghost of Christmas future, you know, sort of thing where he, he kind of got that yeah. experience. But, yeah. um, I think for me, like it was extremely sad to think, like, I, I kind of almost thought of it like, um, you know, having almost like a, like a twin of your child where, um, you know, you know, you're going back or, well, I mean, he doesn't know he's going back for sure. until he actually does, but, um, but you're losing a version of your, of your kid who grew up having felt like you abandoned them and then mourned your death. And yeah. then and then they get in this apocalyptic future and then die brutally. I was like, man, I, that would, I think, destroy me. <laughs> you know, like even if I was going back to another one. And, and, and they play with this sort of they don't really make this clear, I think, because of the way he narrates it at the end. I mean, I think that future just happened regardless. He said something in his narration at the end, like a future that will never happen. Like, well, for you in this timeline now i guess but i mean like i think that's still like it won't future happened that future happened i think yeah so i mean for me it would be almost like having a a twin of your child or something and then losing them and knowing like well i've still got the one that but i can't i can't go back and do what happened to to this one that was like that was like uh, really sad for this type of movie for me maybe I just like over <laughs> overthought about it but like when it's like people running around in business suits you have to distract your mind from
1: <laughs> you know though um something I want to touch on about that though and I'd forgotten about this until you mentioned it Jared it's just that um one thing I really liked um, about this knowing what Knowing what he had to deal with and, you know, knowing what he was losing there, you know, talking about this, this, this child that, that experienced you abandoning them and stuff. And he has this, you know, opportunity to redeem uh, himself. And um, normally I'd be like, oh, this is like a cheat. What I'm about to say is like a cheesy action thing. Uh, action movie shot or a trope, but um, she is dying the, like the second or like five seconds before he, his arm shackle time travel thing goes off and takes him back. And so she falls off this ledge or whatever is getting like, it's actually a pretty fantastic looking shot. Like yeah, she's yeah. falling into this sort of like hellish abyss full of, full of aliens and <laughs> he dives down after her. And I think, it, it, I mean, he immediately gets pulled up, mm-hmm. but in a way I think that's the last gift he could give her yeah. is to show her that he was, he was going to go after her like the last thing she sees before she dies is him not giving up on her right which um which is which is deeper than this movie deserves um (laughs) you know which which is why i set it apart from the finines and the army armies of the dead
0: dom would have saved her
1: yeah well you know (laughs) that's what family does um he would have transcended
0: time and space. Yes. Um, God. Anyway. <laughs> it's the worst. He would have incorporated um, the aliens. The aliens would have become part of his crew by the end. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure he would have had, yeah.
1: Like, hey, white spikes. Here's a white claw. <laughs> um, and they'll be, you know, eaten at the barbecue at the end. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what about the, where do these aliens, I wouldn't say rank because I, again, the movie is kind of forgettable, but, um, what was your, in any, uh, impressions on aliens in terms of space alien army films? Tim, you want to go first?
2: <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't give a ton of thought to it, but I, I will say I was, I was happy, not happy. I don't know. I, I didn't mind it. I feel like you know, aliens are going to be weird and unpredictable. And even though some of it was, I don't know, it's like a mix. Some of it is kind of what we've seen past sci-fi aliens, but also some of it was unique. And so, I don't know, it didn't bother me. And I I kind of, someone I can't remember I talked to was like, man, that's really, I don't know. I can't I can't remember what exactly they said to criticize it, but just the fact that it looks strange, it looks silly. And I'm like, yeah, sometimes aliens might look silly. I don't know. So I kind of like that I didn't worry too much about it, I feel like. But they were, and I was I was kind of impressed with even, I don't know, maybe I shouldn't have been, but like for like every situation where you think like, oh, okay, they they can't handle this, then suddenly they're like opening this like gliding thing, which is kind of silly, but I'm also like, oh, wow, these k- should destroy us. Like these, these are very capable creatures and I don't know. I go back and forth.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I thought they, I mean, one thing I will say is a positive for the film is I thought, especially early on, It seemed like the CGI, like maybe, kind of went down a little bit as it went on. Mm -hmm. I don't know, but uh, initially, like when they first had that first sequence in that building, yeah, uh, I thought, like, man, these look great for Mm -hmm. for. I mean, just for any movie, really. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, like the quality of how they look is really good. Yeah. Uh, As far as the creature design, you know, it's kind of like. I feel like we've just kind of gotten stuck into this sort of rut of kind of taking the Cloverfield monster and combining it with something else, you know. I I mean, I'll give them them a few points, too, for like adding something on, like tentacles that shoot spikes. (laughs) I mean, you know, we're not, you know, we're not exactly diving into groundbreaking territory, but it's at least... (laughs) something different than just you know generic they can kill you from a distance or up close that's that's something new so yeah yeah, i thought they looked really good at times and the design was you know passable so
2: Mm -hmm.
1: well i'll i'll say a couple things one i thought was a an interesting um an interesting twist right at the end, which ended up not going anywhere, which maybe this'll be saved for the sequel, is that the white spikes were not the invading force. Yeah. Um, they were either specimens that were captured, a very alien aliens kind of thing, uh where, you know, the ship the ship that they found belonged to someone else, yeah, uh, or something else. And those were just like I don't know if you use the word hostages, but But they were brought apparently against you. You would. I was given the impression against their will um, to be utilized or or uh, uh, what's the word I'm trying? I'm going to say the word examined. I don't know, studied or something like that. And then things, of course, as they do go horribly wrong in science fiction movies. Um, So I thought that was an interesting, interesting twist. And then the uh, the sort of final fight scene where chris pratt and, and jk simmons <laughs> team up on the the big bad white spike was was equal parts fun and and kind of unintentionally hilarious uh, <laughs> yeah. too like i can't remember like i can't remember exactly because i can't remember beat for beat how the fight went down mm. but like the one thing like where where one he just like basically t-bones the monster with a snowmobile i thought thought was actually pretty awesome i was like all right let's just go for it you know that was (laughs) i was like that was i think i even leaned over to my wife and i was like that's a fast and furious move right there for sure um and then i want to (laughs) say hey call back to woman in the window didn't one of them use like the pickaxe like right in the or something like that like some kind uh, of yeah. objects like right in the face. And I was like, Oh no, it's the garden tool all over again. Um, but then also there were some moments I want to say the alien, like just hit them and sent them flying. And I'm like, how are they not dead? Like, didn't we see other humans die like this? Like, all throughout the movie. Like, anyway, yeah. I, I'm I'm nitpicking at this point, yeah. but there were. It's it's just funny how balanced this movie is between impressive and downright silly. <laughs> uh, which yeah. is which is kind of what you want in in a in a you know Independence Day blockbuster type film. Speaking of which watched independence day this week, introduced my oldest kids to it. And, uh, just, just a real quick anecdote about that. Talking about the nonsensical nature of that. You know, you take that stuff for granted when you watch it as at a younger age, but like Will Smith's first face to face encounter with an alien, he just gives it a punch to the face, (laughs) you know? And of course, you know, years later, we're all like, welcome to earth, but, (laughs) but, but, um, but, really, you just punched an alien in the face, and that did the job.
0: Yeah
1: um, <laughs> That was a good six or seven years before the first fast and furious movie. So, like this was some real intensity anyways, <laughs> silly silliness, excitement, just a just a dash of interesting time travel theory. you got a you got a real weird cocktail of something here with the tomorrow war.
0: I mean, for free, with if you already have Amazon Prime, which a lot of us do. So, I mean, again, overall, compared to A Fast and Furious, I, I like my bang for the buck <laughs> much better here.
1: No, no doubt. So, real quick, I want to see what the budget was for this movie. Um, I think I'll they put a, a pretty
0: hefty budget into it i would I would think so.
1: I'm just trying to see if I can find it here on IMDB because I'd be interested to see. so so while I'm looking for it, um, it was uh, huh, let's see. so it, it was originally slated for a theatrical release.
0: That's right. but
1: yeah. Covid uh set it for a delay uh, of course caused a delay and uh, they and paramount ended up selling it to um Amazon for 200 million dollars so so yeah so they already made 200 million dollars just selling it to Amazon so I'm just curious what the budget was on top of that like before you know how much they they cleared
2: wow, out wow. Of that well, oh it says the bu-
1: it says the budget's 200 million. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so they broke even. <laughs> and now Jeff Bezos makes all the money. The original white spike. <laughs> <laughs>
0: nice. Um I have to I have to very quickly before I forget like point out some of the just little things that I just laughed at. Yeah, let's cool. that, were, that were kind of absurd. Um, this one I, I'll give them half credit for because they did kind of use it to kill the last alien, but the whole um chemical that they were working on to use them, they you know ended up not even using, except for that last one to finish her off because they just blew all the others up. So,
2: yeah,
0: that was mostly then pointless. Um, yeah. I kind of chuckled is like uh, what movies are starting to do again, tying this to fast and furious is they're just outright kind of with a wink and a nod to the audience saying like, don't ask too many questions about this. So like the time travel rules, when they explain them of how like it's a fixed point in the future, you can only go to this one and you can only come back when it's set to blah, blah, blah. And and somebody starts to ask questions and they're like, look, no, just, you know, just, you got to go with it. so, I don't know how much I like that for... I mean, to a certain... If, if it's a movie, I don't care about that much, okay. But it um, seems like more movies are starting to just fall into that pattern of like, oh, we don't have to explain it if we just say, you know, hey, look, audience, uh, go with it. Um, two things I did find, like, genuinely uh, funny was uh, one where she's, like, telling... Uh, telling Uh, Dan, I guess. Um, I don't remember these characters from from any movie (laughs) that I see anymore. Like, if it's a forgettable movie, I don't remember the character's name. I just want to call them by their (laughs) actor name. Um, But she's like, oh, you're the one person that I've got to give this to. It's too important. Like, this would be the worst person to give it to because you're wanting them, you're saying that this future is lost. And so you're wanting someone with no real emotional attachment who'll just go back and save the past and i had this thought when i was watching it through and I, i've watched a couple of reviews where they're like yeah this this he would be the absolute worst person to bring to the future to give this to because he's your, your father and he's going to be worried about you and he's not going to be as worried about just yeah right uh that was kind of funny but then my my favorite one that i hadn't still hadn't talked about was where they go back to the past. They figure out that, you know, they talk to the volcano kid, they figure out that it's in Russia. And the general that they talk to is like, send you to Russia. That's absurd! I can't send you, t- bro. You just sent like millions of people to the future to fight a future war against aliens, yeah, and you yeah. can't get people across the globe into present-day Russia. Yeah, now it's political suicide. <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And and then you know the beauty of it all at the end, when he does the secretary of defense or whoever does the press conference, he's like, yes we did it and I would do the same thing all over again. Like, you know, just trying to take, take it all the credit yeah. for, for the thing. It's just, oh man, it's just a hot mess. Yeah. <laughs>
2: oh man. One, one small thing. I'll just, I'll just let it just cause it came to mind, even though it's a really small thing, but it just, it was one of those moments from like, oh, this can be clever and amusing. Like there can be moments of like cleverness was, I guess they're about to be like, you know, uh, Chris Pratt's character, Dan and, Sam Richardson, who I really loved in the I can't remember his name either. You know, they were both standing Char- beside each Charlie. other. Charlie, yeah. They're about to be lifted up in the time thing. And and you know, Charlie was like, hey, Dan, how do you know all this stuff this mil- you know this stuff? And he was like, Oh, it's a long story. No, and yeah. then Charlie was like, Oh, in military? He's like, Yeah. Actually, that's kind of a great you know, I, that kind of made me laugh because you expect <laughs> like, oh no, this is gonna be where he like reveals some deep things about no, it's just yeah. It was in the middle. Of, it just made me laugh, and I was like, "Oh, okay." So there are times where they can, I don't know. I was like, "Okay, this can be." There are clever moments for sure. Yeah, and I was like, I was kind of glad they did that. Just like, oh yeah, it's actually a pretty short story. Yeah. Oh, oh man.
0: So uh, I, I heard someone say, <laughs> "This made me laugh too." This was in someone else's uh, review. They said that the most uh, unrealistic part of the entire movie was the opening is that that many Americans would be sitting around watching the world cup.
2: <laughs> oh right. my goodness. That's amazing. Exactly.
1: <laughs> oh, burn. <laughs> so true though. Oh man. <laughs> there was, That's um, great. you know, I will say too, that, um, it was, uh, i guess it was at the end like when they finally make it back to the present day and uh dan and sam or or you know they find each other or they even wake up in beds next to each other or something and recovering charlie sam is the guy's real name sorry um dan and charlie and and uh he's like hey man you know we did it and 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 uh pratt's character is trying to encourage him and stuff and he just looks back at pratt and he's like i hid i hid the whole time and like he's got kind of shame in his voice but like i like that i don't remember exactly how pratt responded but i know like when i saw that i was like uh yeah you did because i would have too and any other like sane non-military trained human being would have like i mean what in the world you were you know sent to the draft against your will and like yeah. it's a survival instinct at that point point. and i liked that there was a real lack of judgment from from pratt's character in that moment too yeah. like mm-hmm. one because you know he's a changed man but two i'm not sure even if he hadn't gone through that emotional change that he wouldn't have been understanding mm-hmm. to his to, to, to him yeah. uh anyways and so yeah
0: yeah Yeah, I mean, he didn't want to go in the first place, if not for, you know, his thing with his dad, which, you know.
1: And that whole scene, like, I think it was kind of played for laughs a little bit when he's getting, like, interrogated and implanted with, like, the device at the same time early on was freaking anxiety inducing, man. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm just like, this is all happening and you don't even know what you're being signed up for yet. And like before you, you know, you clearly they're doing that on purpose to try to get to get their person signed mm-hmm. up and, and committed before they have an opportunity to actually agree to it or back out. But, Oh man, that was, whew, man, that which, raises my blood pressure. Just thinking about it. It's, it's awful. Which would,
0: which would have never happened in real life. Everybody would have known because like the first TikToker, That they got (laughs) to send to the future would have just streamed everything that happened to them. And so everybody would have known what that entire process was right right away. What the
2: creatures look like, you know? Yeah. (laughs)
0: Right. No one took a selfie with
2: them? Come on. I mean, like, they probably have their
0: own dance at this
1: point, you know?
0: Well, and that's what we really needed from this movie is like, if you're going to be absurd with sending these people to the future, they needed like that guy from Army of the Dead that was filming himself shooting zombies. Like, they need him. Like there would be one of those in the future trying to, I mean, he would probably die immediately and so he wouldn't yeah. have an opportunity to bring it back. But uh, yeah, you would have, you would have one of those characters for sure. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well guys, uh,
2: go ahead, Tim. No, that was one thing about where well, you can tell there are certain moments where you knew like, okay, they want to reveal the creature while you're fight. you know, while they're, you know, in combat. So you could just tell these like sort of like manu- these gymnastic maneuvers maneuvers of like not actually showing you the creature. So they're like, yeah, we're not going to show you it because we know you know like people wouldn't go. But it's like you're forcing people anyways. It's not like you're giving people an option to to join mm-hmm. up or not. So it was like it doesn't. I don't know. Their kind of explanation didn't really make sense to not show it. when all you knew is oh they just wanted to be like a really cool surprise in the film where like it jumps out at you. You know, like you're not seeing it like on some PowerPoint presentation. I don't know. But right. Don't know. Yeah. Yeah. There's yeah. a lot of that where like, you could tell like they had this desire in mind and the way they were trying to get that, you know, it's like, okay, there was a lot of, a lot of work to, they didn't just didn't feel, it didn't, didn't feel right. But yeah.
1: So speaking of social media and influence and all this stuff, apparently JK Simmons look has, you know, shredded look in the movie. Um, was requested based off of an Instagram post that he made years ago when he was like super in shape for something else. I don't know. And so they requested that he like get in that level of shape again. So they could like show off or whatever, which he did. So I want to read this just because it made me laugh. It's like the other, (laughs) the other cast members talking about how jacked JK Simmons looked. Um, so this is from IMDb's trivia section. It says, J.K. Simmons at 66 years old shocked his much younger male co-stars with his muscular physique and bulging biceps. Chris Pratt, 42 years old, said, It was unbelievable. I was like, is that even possible? He's got prison muscles. I was like, dude, where have you been? I can't even tell you how many times I've talked about J.K.'s arms. He looks freaking jacked in this movie. The J in J.K. stands for jacked. He's ripped. Um, Edwin Hodge the guy he played uh, Dorian the guy who had made like multiple j- multiple trips the, the um, added Simmons put the buff young men in the film to shame saying he's very jacked I hope I look that good at his age it was pretty ridiculous you could see all his veins his muscles were bigger than mine and I thought I had big muscles at the time he's a thoroughbred <laughs> and Simmons was thrilled with this praise and said if nothing else come from this movie I'm happy Director Chris McKay added, he was like Coney Island strongman stuff. You expected him to be crushing cans off of his biceps. <laughs> Simmons even received compliments from Pratt's wife and Arnold Schwarzenegger's daughter, Katherine Schwarzenegger, who said, oh my gosh, J.K. Simmons is jacked. Simmons responded, that's all I need from Arnold's daughter nice <laughs> so, <laughs> good old jk sim you know if anything that he got that much positive affirmation he he certainly deserves mm. it um <laughs> for the career that he's had and uh the performances he's put in yeah he uh um... is he gonna keep those muscles if he That's shows awesome. up in spider-man no way home for his <laughs> you know Alex Jones version of J. Jonah Jameson
0: well that Alex is, I don't know he could because Alex Jones you know was kind of into the whole uh, he thinks he's jacked well he thinks he, yeah right but I mean they could so, just you know I don't know they could sort of put him in some bigger clothes or, or something but uh, yeah that'll be interesting to see
1: all right oh man but anyway that just uh, that made me laugh <laughs> Gosh, any um, any 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 other lingering items for tomorrow war that uh, we'd like to discuss tonight, gentlemen?
0: I think my only question is if the sequel will be titled the day after tomorrow war.
1: (laughs) That sounds perfect. Uh, Yeah, I like it. I like it. I'm, I'm down for that. I'm, I can't come up with anything, any, anything even in, in the same universe there. Uh, or tomorrow war never dies. I don't know. Ah, there you go. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Tomorrow war of the world. Yeah,
0: yeah, we could have a lot of fun with that. But I think the day after tomorrow war is by far the best one. Oh, gosh. This will be like one of those things. Not not on the level of like Sharknado, but this will be like a fun like when when we get close to this, I'll I'll look forward to to seeing this. And not in a like I'm so I'm so excited for this movie, but I'm so excited for this movie to then later talk about this movie
1: sort of. Yes, I'm with you. The way I am just slightly um, excited because they've released uh, teaser shots of the. Um I don't even know what you want to call it, but the spin-off of Army of the Dead with the uh German safe cracker.
0: Oh. No. I haven't yeah. seen
1: it. It looks just as disappointing as it sounds. So, uh am <laughs> sure. We'll see how how that ends up going. But yeah, yeah. So, uh okay, well, I guess I guess we could close the loop on this thing tonight. Um and uh, move on to the next thing. Of course, by the time this airs, I think uh We'll be almost. Well, we may be done with Loki at that point. Maybe we can, um, uh, oh wow, circle back around to all the variants there because there's a lot of interesting things happening on that show as well, um, or something different altogether. I don't know. We'll see. But uh, we do want to thank you all for joining us. Thanks for being patient with us. Uh, life is crazy, and um, I'm sure everybody understands how that is from time to time. And so we're glad to be back and. Hope you'll join us next time. But as for the three of us and Star Lord Troopers, we bid you adieu. And thank you for joining us. And until next time, keep working on your night cheese. And now Jeff Bezos makes all the money. The original White Spike.